morning, everybody. Glad to see you today. Uh, Pastor Carl here. Um, thanks for joining us on this Friday morning. Hope uh, you've had a great week and uh, everything going. And uh, whether you're watching with us live uh, at 8 a.m. with us on Facebook or YouTube, or you're catching afterwards on demand, I am thankful that you are here. Um, you know, here's the thing. Even during this time, there's a lot of things that are trying to, to take, your take your attention, right? So whether it's news, whether it's social media, whether it's all sorts of stuff. Um, and there's a lot of things you could be doing right now, things that want to take your time. Uh, but you're here, taking time to deepen your relationship with the Lord, and that is powerful. Uh, okay, so let's, let's get into our scripture today. Uh, have y'all enjoyed going uh, through Romans? Comment below. Have you enjoyed it? Have y'all enjoyed going through Romans? I know sometimes um, there's some tough scripture in it, but man, I believe if you've been keeping up with this, there is power uh, in Romans and understanding it. So I, I also pray that you've been reading along with us. I mean, I think these devos are awesome, but I think it takes it kind of to the next level when you're reading along with us and you can read it along with us. And then as we talk about it, all that kind of stuff. Um, Today, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be reading the first six verses of Romans chapter 7. So first six verses of Romans chapter 7. Pastor Jeremy tomorrow is going to kind of hit on the rest of Romans chapter 7. So go ahead and grab your Bible and uh, read along with us today. Now, um, I'm going to be reading on my iPad here. Interesting thing, my header uh, in my NIV Bible, New International Version Bible, uh, says that we've been released from the law, bound to Christ. And right there from the very beginning, it talks about kind of two different things. We're going to hit on that throughout this whole Devo. Released from one thing, bound to another. Okay. Now, chapter 6, right before this in my NIV, um, it said, dead to sin, alive in Christ. So you kind of see that there's that same kind of one thing, complete opposite of another thing. And Pastor Glenn uh, did an incredible job of breaking this down for us. Wasn't it awesome? If you haven't gotten to watch it, Go on YouTube and watch that. I guarantee uh, you will be blessed by it. Um, one side note, man, I am grateful to have men like Pastor Glenn and, and a lot of other men like that in our church who set the example for young pastors like myself on how to honor the Lord and serve his church. Um, it's absolutely incredible to be able to see men who have stayed steadfast in following Jesus and uh, being a pastor all their life. And it's absolutely incredible. So can you help me say thank you to Pastor Glenn? Uh, in the comments below, give him a shout out for me. That would be awesome. Thank you all. All right, now let's go ahead and jump into uh, Romans chapter 7, starting at verse 1. Okay, so I'm going to read this. Read along with me. <clears throat> Do you not know, brothers and sisters, for I am speaking to those who know the law? that the law has authority over someone only as long as that person lives. Now, if you think about it, that makes sense, right? If one of us breaks the law and we die, it's resolved after death, right? Death is the ultimate judge. It, it resolves everything. And in chapter six, Paul talks about how we, are, we have died to our old way of life. We've died to our life of sin and we've taken a new life in Christ. I think what sometimes we forget is that, yes, we've died to our old life. It's dead. It's gone. It's over with. But the story doesn't end there. We then have a new life in Christ. And in chapter 7, Paul now hits on another death um, that rose. When we rose to life in Christ, we died to the bondage of the Old Testament law. Now, remember, 
Pastor Tim's talked about this uh, a lot on his sermons as we go through this uh, on Sunday mornings. Join us, 945. Uh, but there's a lot of Jewish believers in the Roman church, right? And so they're struggling finding the balance between what Jesus is commanding them to do and the Old Testament Jewish law. Okay, so that's where you're kind of seeing Paul talk about here. Now let's jump into verse 2. For example, by law, a married woman is bound to her husband as long as he is alive. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law that binds her to him. Verse 3. So then, if she has sexual relations with another man while her husband is still alive, she is called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is released from that law and is now is not an adulteress if she marries another man. Verse 4. So, my brothers and sisters, so he's kind of summarizing these first few verses. You also died to the law through the body of Christ. And, and we've, you've kind of seen this running theme as we go through Romans, but you cannot have salvation through the Old Testament law. We are never good enough by our deeds, by our works, to reach heaven. It's only when we accept Jesus that we die to the bondage of the law we can then live with Christ in his freedom, right? And so when Jesus fulfilled it for us, he took away that bondage. So when we accept Jesus, we now don't have to fulfill the Old Testament law because he did it for us. Can someone comment amen to that? Now, we're going to come back to that here in a second. I want to finish now verse 4, okay? So continuing on verse 4, it says that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit for God. Now here's the key. Just because we aren't bound by the law doesn't mean we can just do whatever we want. I know um, talking with students that sometimes they struggle with this idea of like, well, I now have freedom in Christ. I have grace. And if Jesus is just going to forgive me, well, why can't I just do whatever I want? And this scripture right here hits on that. It says we belong to Christ, right? He has ownership of us. He who fulfilled the Old Testament law and the prophets, he, we belong to him. And it's not some domineering thing. It's so that we don't have to live a life of sin anymore, right? We can't just do whatever we want. We have a life that is called to bear fruit. Now, I know it's kind of weird to hear like our lives should like bear fruit. I know, remember the first time I heard this, I was like, how, how is like fruit growing to grow out of myself? Like, is it just like gonna like grow out of the side of my head? But you think about it, it would actually kind of be convenient though. Like, think about it. If you were wondering like how I'm doing, like, all right, is my life bearing fruit? Like you just look in the mirror and you're like, well, my fruits kind of look a little rotten today. Maybe I should fix it up or maybe I need to be kinder to people. It's a bad joke. Ever since I've had kids, dad jokes have like just started coming out of me. Is that like common? Is that a common thing that you just start saying dad jokes? Like it's like right when my kids were born, it's, it's gotten bad. I almost laugh at my own jokes more than, more than other people laugh at my jokes. <laughs> uh, but anyways, but for real, uh, what, what does it mean for our lives to bear fruit? Okay, we, we follow the example that Jesus laid out for us. Okay, in Galatians 5, uh, clearly lays this out for us. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus, this is cool, hear me on this, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So in other words, 
those attributes listed off in Galatians chapter 5, 22 through 26, those should be evident in our lives, right? It's not just our words, it's also our actions. And the thing about our fruit is it's always done by our actions. Now, bearing fruit, it may not be as easy to spot as growing out of the sides of our, side of our head, but I believe it should be just as noticeable. So here's my challenge for you today, church. I want you to Google fruits of the spirit, okay? And it'll take you to Galatians chapter five, or at least it should. So get to Galatians chapter five uh, and read through that list. Galatians chapter five, 22 through 26. And which area do you need to work on, right? Is there an area in that list um, that you say, man, and maybe the Lord kind of puts on your heart, like, man, I need to be more patient today. I need to be more kind today. And what is that area? And all of us together, we can focus on that because here's the truth, we're all messed up, right? And you're gonna, we're gonna, we see that running theme throughout Romans. We all fall short of the glory of God, but there is grace. But just because we receive grace doesn't mean we can do whatever we want. Our goal every day is to be more like Jesus. And that means today, Let's bear more fruit in our life. All right, let's keep going. Uh, let's jump now to verse, uh, verse five. <clears throat> For when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us so that we bore fruit for death. Okay, so now you see the opposite um, of what he talked about in verse four, right? And so in verse, in verse four, he talks about that we produce fruit that is, is life-giving, right? That sh points people back to Jesus. And here he says, you bore fruit of death. Now, um, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've been set free from sin. However, before we knew Jesus, every single one of us, whether we realize it or not, we were in bondage to our sin. No matter how hard we tried, no matter how many good deeds we did, um, we were never able to overcome the bondage of sin. That is why Jesus came. If we could do this on our own, Jesus never had to die for us. But it's because we couldn't that Jesus came, he lived, he died, and he resurrected, and now he calls us to believe. That is the gospel. That is the good news. Now, one thing here, you see a lot in Romans, he's talking about the Old Testament law because there's, there's that Jewish Gentile balance that's happening in the Roman church. But it's key to know that the Old Testament law is not sinful. It, all it did is it showed us how much we need a savior, how we couldn't do it on our own, right? It's almost like you don't know if you're speeding unless you see what the speed limit sign is, right? But once you see the speed limit sign, you, you now know what the limits are. It's the same thing with the Old Testament law. It showed us how we were incapable of, of, of bridging the gap between where we are and where heaven is. There was a gap that we could never fulfill by our own good deeds. It was only when Jesus came and filled that gap for us. And now those who believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now, Pastor Jeremy is going to hit on more of this tomorrow uh, in the remaining part of chapter seven. Now, one more thing I want to hit on um, from verse five. Um, it finishes with saying this, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us so that we bore fruit of death. Apart from Jesus, we cannot produce fruit that is life-giving. Now here's the thing, yes, on a worldly level, yes, right? There is a lot of people on this planet that do a lot of good things, right? That don't know Jesus or that are completely against Jesus. There's a lot of people who do good, but on a heavenly level, 
our good deeds are never enough to overcome the bondage of sin. Only by believing in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection can we have eternal life. Now, before we go on to our last verse today, um, what I want to do is hit reread uh, verse 4 and 5 to kind of help keep the context as we go into verse 6. Okay, so let's reread 4 and 5, and then that'll lead right into uh, verse 6. It says this, So my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. For when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us, so that we bore fruit for death. Now, let's read verse 6. But now, by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit, not in the old way of the written code. So when you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. Right? You've been set free from the bondage of sin and death. Praise God. Praise the Lord. So, if we've been set free from sin and found freedom in Christ, our life should look different. Right, again, at the very beginning, um, I, I talked about how there's, there's two different things that are constantly going on here, and you've kind of seen it through these verses, right? Life and death, bondage and freedom. And at the very beginning, we talked about how there is, you have been released from the Old Testament law, and you've been bound to Christ. In other words, you've been released from a life of sin through the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus and found life and freedom through Jesus. So bondage and freedom. Now let's just think about that for a second. You can't be bound and also be free at the same time. You can't be bound by sin and walk in the freedom that Jesus brings. Our lives are supposed to look different. And so church, I just want to speak to somebody today. If you are feeling um, the bondage of sin, maybe you're struggling with an addiction, maybe you've got something going on, and I want you to know that if you know Jesus today, there is freedom, right? For freedom, he has set us free. There is freedom in Christ. But we have to be willing to walk out in it. We have to be able to examine our own lives and say, man, what fruit am I producing? What am I willing to do to walk in the freedom that Jesus gives? Because I promise you, no matter how dark a situation you may be in, no matter how hard or how impossible it may feel, there is freedom in Jesus. Can someone say amen if you agree with me on that? Now, um, as we wrap up today, I want to really encourage you to keep tuning in with us. Um, I've loved yeah, um, just tuning in every, every morning and commenting and praying and amening and all that kind of stuff. It's been a blast. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. My family's really enjoyed it. And so I want to encourage you to keep tuning in um, because I think it's times like this, like we're having right now, it gives us perspective. And I think here's what it does. The temptation um, is to have all of our focus here. And what I mean by here is like the world, right? All of our focus on, on the negativity and Tim's kind of hit on this, right? Like everything that's going on and, and just, it can feel overwhelming, right? 
Because I feel like, I don't know about you, but I get notifications on my phone or get emails and I'm bombarded every day with, with, with the latest news and everything's breaking news. Everything's breaking news. And, and every notification I get, it, it's another article of seven must-reads to stay healthy or this is what you have to do with your money or this is, this is how you make it in this, uh, this environment. And it, and it just feels like everything is, is grabbing for your attention. Everything is trying to get you constantly focused here on the world. And maybe there's another email from work and you're just nervous about that, another phone call you gotta make and it just can feel overwhelming. And before you know it, uh, you're caught up in the whirlwind of life. But it doesn't have to be that way. I believe that doesn't have to be the case. Because when we spend time with Jesus by reading his word, it changes our focus. Right? We go from focusing on here, on the world and everything that's going on. And, and, and don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we shouldn't stay up to date. Right? We need to stay up to date. We need to stay informed. But you know what I mean. right? When it just feels overwhelming, it takes our focus from here and it puts, him, puts it on him. Our focus goes from this to him. And all of a sudden, when our focus is on Jesus, the things that were a burden, the things that were stressful, the things that got us all worked up and maybe you lost sleep over and you're doubting yourself and anxiety aren't as much anymore. Why? Because it changes our perspective. And that is why we do these devotionals, right? It's to help us focus, not on the world, but remind us who is always in control. Now, last thing I wanna hit on before we pray out is what we do here every morning is, is exactly what your time with God can look like. Um, it's, it's simple. It's with, for you and your family, you take 15 to 20 minutes, you read God's word, you stop on verses that stand out to you, you talk about it, and then you pray together. You can do this as a family, right? It's simple and powerful. And I would encourage you men that you're watching, you got families at home and maybe you're watching and I wanna encourage you, take a bold step of faith today. Pull this up later, get your family together, grab a Bible and read this and talk about it with your family. And then you can watch this devotional together. But man, there is such power when we spend time with God together. So families, I encourage you, uh, let's do this together. Uh, and I wanna know, I want you to know, the reminder that Tim always says, that we will get through this and we will do this together. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for today. God, thank you for our church family. Lord, would you bless them? Jesus, would you protect those who are healthy? Would you bring healing to those who are sick? Lord, the people in our church family that have uh, lost income, Lord, would you make up the difference? And Lord, help us focus on you and the freedom that you give. Thank you, Lord. We pray this in your name and everybody commented, amen. Thanks, y'all. Love y'all. We'll see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. Bye.